Welcome to this edition of the Passion and Purpose Podcast with myself, your host, Louis Giglio. And today, like all of our Passion and Purpose episodes, we have an incredible guest. And you're going to want to settle in for this conversation because God is dropping some incredible encouragement into our lives. If you are in your 20s or early 30s, you have got to take notes and take heart in this episode, but I, at 63, was really encouraged by it. I think people of all ages are going to love it. Our guest today, as we are in Season 1.5, which is our Back to the Bend special edition season of the Passion and Purpose podcast, is none other than Christine Kane, who needs no introduction in our world. But if you don't know, Christine is one of the most sought-after speakers on planet Earth, being used by God around the world to lift up the name of Jesus. She's an author. She and her husband, Nick, are shepherding A21, which is one of the most powerful uh, human trafficking movements on planet Earth. She's a mother of a high schooler and a college student, and she is a force for the kingdom of God and a great friend. She and Nick are dear friends to Shelly and myself. And so please welcome to this episode of the Passion and Purpose podcast, our friend, Christine Kane. Hi, everyone. Welcome to season 1.5 of the Passion and Purpose podcast. We are on our way back to the bends before you know it. Passion 2022 is going to be here. It'll be the new year. Tens of thousands of 18 to 25-year-olds packed in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, just one name echoing through the roof, and that's the name of Jesus. I'm so pumped, excited, expectant, and I can't think of anyone I would like to be leading that gathering with more than Christine Kane. And I want to welcome Christine Kane to the podcast today, everybody. My good friend, Christine, thanks for being on. Hey, it's my honor, Louis. I'm fired up. You know, um, my mind is centrally focused on one venue. It's kind of like we're in December and January is looming. You know, it's amazing. We had a gathering uh, just a few hours ago, actually, with a lot of the speakers and worship leaders, bands from uh, Passion 2022, just to be with each other, be with the Lord, pray together, believe together tune our hearts together. And I, I came home and I'm like, whoa, if uh, we get some of that in the bins, <laughs> everything's going to be good. Absolutely. I mean, the presence of God was so palpable. You know, I, I, it's been a while since I've been kind of on my knees with tears, literally tears just streaming down my face with um, expectation. Just God was there. And I, I feel, I mean, I, you know, I've been so grateful to be part of the uh, passion story for over a decade, but I just know there's something so special. That gathering we just had, um, it, it gave me a a God confidence that not only is God in it, God has ordained this. So it, it just from my perspective, I said to Nick, even flying back, I go, oh, I feel like something has lifted because it really doesn't matter. God's going to be there. So it really nothing else actually matters totally. when you're confident that the Lord's going to be there. It takes all the pressure off you. Totally. I, I could not have said that any better. And I feel for us, you know, we're looking for those things like months ago. We need to know before we get into something like this that we're with God. And then when you know, oh, we're with God, you know, doors are going to be opened. You know that the miraculous is going to happen. You know that that He's going to do it. Only He can do. And you're confident yeah. In him. Uh, I want to ask you a question that's a little bit off the grid, but 
So you're going to be speaking uh, in this stadium in a few days from now. And how in the world do you do you figure out how to do that? How do you come up with the talk? How do you... Let's just back up one more step. How does Christine make a message? Okay, that's a great question. You know, the, there's a message and then there's the passion message. I've got to say that up front because, you know, I've had the privilege for almost a decade of... Um, doing that. And I think Nick would testify, obviously, there's no one closer to me than my husband, that the the one message, and I give hundreds of talks every year, um, that probably consumes my mind, heart, uh, spirit, more than any other message is um, the passion message, because there's a weight that comes to it, I think, because of who's in the room, and then how far that message goes beyond. So I'm asking the Lord, Pretty much from the minute you invite me to come and speak, I'm like, okay, there goes Christmas uh, because I am going <laughs> to, there goes any thought of any holiday till after the first week of January. Um, because in me, there's a weightiness that uh, doesn't want to miss it because no one needs just a good talk. Uh, and particularly in the hour, and let's just say, generally, for any message I would prepare at this season of my life. We don't even need a new message. We just need a now message. So what do we sense perhaps through the scripture that the Lord wants to say now? You know, there's only 66 books in the Bible, so it's not likely any of us is. In fact, if I was to say anything perhaps too new, you'd probably say, you don't need to say that, Chris, if it's never been said before. Um, So the issue is, though, it's like what is the Lord saying now through his word to his people? Um, And then I would often have a sense, you know, I'm in the word every day in my own quiet time. The first thing Nick and I both do is, you know, we go to separate ends of the house every morning, very early and spend time with the Lord. Normally out of what is coming out of that uh, time in the word, something will jump out at me and I'll just, uh, I have a pen and paper, you know, next to me, I'm old school. So it's a pen and paper. And, um, and you will see that I've got it down dated from many, many months ago, I feel this could be for passion. I don't know why, but that's how it would begin. And um, then I I go from there to put it in my notes on my phone. So then wherever I am, you would see, I mean, if they could date code when I put different sentences in, people would laugh because it would be from all over the world at all different times. I literally am this sentence or this thought or this point until it sort of formulates into a message and then I'm going to go to several different commentaries um, just to make sure that you know like we're on track, like us, and um, and then that that's where I'll begin to compose it. That that's kind of how it would happen. It, it's and anything could trigger that thought. Mostly, it'll come from my own reading with the Lord. Oh, I love it. I know you were here a few weeks ago at the Grove, and your message is still reverberating from that night. Tell us uh, for people who missed the Grove. Uh, what what was the heartbeat of what you felt like the Lord was trying to communicate that night in that message? Yeah, that, you know, I mean, uh, I was very nervous because especially to women, I've not put that out there. You know, it was like the, the Grove, again, I think it's obviously the anointing that's on the Passion House. You sort of feel like whatever is going to be stated here is going to reverberate really fast. So, so I'm always thinking the room and beyond because so many lean into um, this movement. But I, I spoke, you know, that, that very 
little phrase, three words that Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. So he's talking about eschatology. I mean, I don't even understand actually half of what he's talking about in that text. And then I'm reading, remember Lot's wife. And my mind started to go, isn't it interesting? And then I'm cross-referencing everywhere. There is no other woman Jesus told us to remember, like none. You'd think Eve, you know, like you, you go through the list, like, you know, um, and yet as a, a woman's communicator, you know, I've, I've spoken to so many women's conferences, we're always preaching about Deborah or Esther. I mean, pick pick the woman, you know, that is. And I'm going, I've never really heard a message on Lot's wife. And then um, that made me go and think, okay, what do we know about Lot's wife, which is not much, except the one thing that she turned back. That then exploded in my heart mm. that in a season where I was hearing a lot of language like, before the pandemic, before COVID, in 2019, just those phrases. like It was almost like everyone was referencing where we are today and any conversation about the future, which not many people are even talking about the future, but any conversation was always prefaced with, well, in 2019 or before the pandemic. And I just thought, wow, I feel like that could be a real word. Remember lots, like this is not a season Actually, don't look back. Like God has taken us all by the hand, obviously, um, and he's moving us forward. And if we, there there was a season, um, of course, we get our memorial stones, we look back, we celebrate, but you don't linger and you don't long. Like I I think with, um, particularly in that text, Lot's wife was lingering. She was longing for what was still back in her past. And um, I really felt that we're in a season We've got to stop lingering and longing. We we can glance back for you know motivation that God has been faithful and the same God that's been faithful with us all of these years is going to be faithful to us in 2022, 2023. I mean, God is not on hold. He's not stu- God's not like, oh, I've I've pressed pause pre-pandemic and I've got nothing else for my church. And you know, for me, I've got a 20-year-old daughter and a 15-year-old daughter. This is why this passion is uh, uh, they're all so meaningful to me. Uh, but my daughter's a freshman. So it, it when we say this is now in my DNA and it matters to me because my child is who I'm actually preaching to, you know, speaking to, and um, she's going to be one of the, you know, 60,000 people in that room, um, it matters. So of course, I have even a more of a holy reverence. And of course, I'm thinking every speaker better be praying. Every speaker better be getting God because my kid is going to be sitting in this room and what you say is going to reverberate in her and, and be part of her future. So it, it's so important. But my kid doesn't need me to be looking back right now other than to remind her the same God that has been faithful to your mother for the last 35 years that she's been following him is going to be faithful to you in 2022. You don't have to – I know we're in – COVID and there's so many things going on in the world that people are are freaking out about. I understand there's a lot of pain and suffering, but there's always been pain and suffering on the earth since the beginning of history. Um, And God has been faithful to his people since the beginning of history. So I believe our future generations have got to know that God's going to be faithful in their future. And I'm not going to be doing anyone any favors just if I preface every sentence with, well, Pre 2020, pre 2019, I, I need to be talking about 2022, 2023, 24, 25, because God is going to be faithful. I mean, people go, How do you know? Read the Bible. <laughs> the, the fact is that God, did, God didn't go suddenly, Oh my gosh, the world's on, my plan is on pause, or my purpose is on pause. And we've got a whole generation of college young people that need to know hey, this is not a time to be looking back. We need you to be looking forward into the faithfulness of God. So that that's where, yes, the grove was don't look back, but I actually think all of us 
Uh, some people are a little bit uh, hesitant in this season to talk about a future or even dream about the future. It's almost like part of what's been stolen the last couple of years is this ability uh, to think about the future. And I, I'm like, we need to get people looking up to Jesus again, uh, looking forward. Because when you're looking up, he's drawing us on. We go from faith to faith, from glory to glory, from grace wow. to grace, the scripture says. So God's not on hold. These purposes are on hold. And we're going to have an, an arena full of young people, full of the promise of God. And if we could deposit that seed into them, heck, we've done our job. I know. I love that you said I have a new lens now. So for all the speakers, they better be praying because my daughter is <laughs> going to be sitting in the room. What are some of the things that you want your daughter to be hearing right now? If she walks into passion or if she walks into any other gathering, what are the things as a mom, as Christine Kane, the mom, that you want your daughter to be hearing, to be reinforced, to be um, anthemed from God's word over her life? Yeah, I, I want above everything. I want her to know the hope that we have in Christ, because she is in her uh, college. You know, she's just been home for Thanksgiving, so we had a lot of conversations. There is so much um, fear, anxiety, um, a, a hesitation of just wondering what is the world going to look like in the future when I graduate? Am I going to have a job? What's the world going to look like? All of the things that I think, um, you know, at that age, I was like let's go take the mountain. You know, I was like, you know, the sky's the limit with God, all things are possible. And I don't want a generation to be robbed of that. And sometimes in our generation, if we're a bit older, you can allow either cynicism or disappointment or discouragement or disillusionment to become your story. Now you frame it around language like, well, I'm just being real. Just wait till life hits. That's just, and I'm like, are you kidding me? How could we rob a generation of young people of the promise and the purpose and the hope of the Lord Jesus Christ? In fact, we have an eternal hope. So we, we're we not just like optimists. This transcends optimism. This is Jesus, is this hope we have as an anchor for our soul. So I want my daughter to know that in Christ, no matter what uh, the circumstances, political, sociological, moral, environmental, you know, uh, economic, whatever challenges she's going to have, there is a, a a truth that transcends all of these temporal realities, and that is the hope of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If she can walk out with that, she's going to be equipped to have the tools that are going to enable her to endure to the end. Suffering, inevitable. Trials, inevitable. Challenges, inevitable. Disappointments, inevitable. But that doesn't have to be the lead story. That that's not the the that's inevitable. Jesus said you're going to have that, but he didn't pause there. He didn't go and now let's all be depressed. Then he said, wow. "But have courage and take heart." And he actually said, "But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world." If we can leave the Mercedes Benz after January the third and let sixty thousand plus um, college students know that Jesus Christ has overcome the world. Heck, I think we've done our job. <laughs> I really do. You know, I was talking to some guys earlier today and just talking about how we ultimately made the decision to take the step toward the bins and how there wasn't one thing about it that from the human perspective made sense. We started in May. You you need to start something like this a year ahead of time. We didn't have any money in the bank uh, for, for conferences because of 
2020, we'd canceled every event, given everybody a refund. We didn't have a, a strategy because we've never planned a stadium event in six months before. We have a, a, a global health crisis going on that um, can ebb and flow um, and on and on and on. And here are all the reasons why we shouldn't do this. But the main reason why we felt like the Lord's saying, do this, is to try to begin to change the narrative. Um, the narrative of everything's on pause, everything's on hold, everything's uncertain, everything's up in the air right now. Fear is the dominant decider. And we were like, you know what? We're going to do this. And we're going to go in faith on day one and believe that God is leading us to take this step. And I hope that that in and of itself, Christine, and you, you can't really assume anything with any generation, but I hope that in and of itself is the message yeah. to the people that are coming through the door. I hope that's not lost on them, that no. um, they're coming into an environment and an atmosphere of sacrificial faith. They're walking into the door of something that was created because of sacrificial faith. And that's a spiritual you know, replacement for the word risk, because with Almighty God, maybe there isn't a risk, but there's definitely something called sacrificial faith that looks like risk. And I want them to know you're not walking into a pop-up shop. Uh, This isn't a pop-up event. This is a sweat, blood, and tears, sacrificial faith offering to God. And if you do arrive and you do find your row and your section and your seat and you do feel that God is there and you are swept up into his purposes for the world, that in and of itself is the message. Absolutely. I, I, this is why I'm so grateful to you and Shelley for, for taking the, I call it, it's, it's faith. Um, yes, in the natural, there's, there's all the risk components um, and history will record this one day. But when you read scripture, there was a time where, where the Lord came down to Moses and he said, you know, you've been at this mountain long enough. It's time to move on, which is where, where I feel in this sense. And that involves all of these steps. It goes in the midst of this very real temporal world in which we live, What does faith look like? Uh, uh, This is what it looks like. This is going okay. And let's go to the bends with six months' notice uh, where it's, you know, there's been so much change and transition to actually even mobilise tens of thousands of uh, college students to somehow get there. In itself is a miracle, but these are my daughter. At 20, is going to be able to tell by God's grace and God willing, her children one day, oh, I was there in the midst of health challenges, in the midst of just a lot of instability in society. We actually came from California and a bunch of us from Pepperdine came halfway across the country and we were part of a miracle. We were part of the movement yeah. of God in the same way that people here in California talk about the Jesus movement and they've got their stories and sometimes I bump into them um, in Southern California. I want my daughter to be able to say, well, I, I'm grateful that she can say, well, my mum at 55 has got the courage to actually live out what she believed and she knows these people and they hired this really big building and a whole bunch of us just went. Like, I mean, can you imagine how bizarre this is going to sound when we write this story 10 years from now, 20 years from now, because it doesn't make sense, but nothing in scripture that had a generational impact ever made natural sense in the moment. And it doesn't matter, New Testament, Old Testament. Um, And so at some point you've got to say, we've counted the cost, weighed, assessed the risks as best as you can, and and trusted the leadership of God. And 
it, you know, it never made sense. Noah didn't make sense. Moses didn't make sense. Nothing. None of the greats, Old Testament or New, it was just like, okay, it's time to move on. And that's how I feel really when even with the Remember Lot's Wife, it's like this is uh, someone's got to have the courage to take a step of faith to say our God is still moving. Our God is still faithful. And most importantly, God actually has not abandoned this generation. You know, sometimes people use language like, this God-forsaken generation. It's not God-forsaken. God has not forsaken anybody. And so someone needs to stand up and go, God loves you. He's got a plan for you. And he's still on the move in our world today. So I wouldn't miss this. Um, and I'm so grateful. I know I'm in a unique place because my daughter is, uh, you know, part of who's going to be in that room. And I just think, you know, like the children of Israel that came out of Egypt saw the Red Sea part. I kind of feel this is a modern Red Sea parting in this moment. And my kid and tens of thousands of other young people are going to be able to go, that was a defining moment. And um, I've been around a long time. I've been praying. I, I was involved in Australia 35 years ago. I ran Youth Alive and we had Universe. <laughs> that's what we called the university ministry. Sorry, everyone. That's how tacky it was in the 90s. It was called Universe. And I'm thinking prayers I prayed back then in the 90s. Wow. Um, so that good. here I am in 2022, by God's grace, um, going, this is this is part of what we prayed. And yet, and I get to be a part of it. And I'm still here. I'm going to be kind of like Miriam, man. I'm grabbing my tambourine. I'm coming <laughs> because this Red Sea is going to part. And you just wonder, like, when they all came out of Egypt, it's like, what made Miriam grab a tambourine? Well, I'm bringing my tambourine to passion, <laughs> metaphorically speaking. And I'm going to be praising God in advance. <laughs> I want you to talk about the balance for a minute, Christine. Um, you posted recently, <laughs> busyness is not a badge of honor. Yeah. And at the same time, you are modeling for your family, for your daughters, and for a generation, really. Uh, you and Nick are are people who, as you're ascending into the years of life, it seems like your influence is only increasing. Your commitment is burning brighter. Your The volume, the temperature is hotter. Um, and yet, okay, so busyness is not a badge of honor. But then you look at Chris and Nick Kane and you think, these guys are going hard. These guys are not like easing into the golden era of life. They are like rushing towards eternity with a lot of vigor. So talk about the balance between those two things. For sure. Well, you know, you and Shelly are two of Nick and I closest friends and because we, we, we sort of live this life. But, um, you know, busyness and fruitfulness are two different things. And um, so w- busyness it will just exhaust you when you're just trying to make – you could be busy binge-watching Netflix, you know, like I, you could be busy on the couch wasting your life. So um, I don't feel that Nick and I are busy. I feel like we are living in the fruit – Uh, We're living the reward of our fruitfulness and the reward of uh, fruitfulness and laboring in kingdom endeavors is more fruitfulness. And so you need more grace to continue to keep being fruitful. So now let's say if this was just the works of my flesh, my drive, whatever you want to call it, personality, uh, you couldn't sustain it for 35 years, not not at my age now. So you could not, something would have had to give by now um, in some way, shape or form, whether it would be the fruit of the spirit in my life, uh, you know, my family relationship, my marriage, um, or whether I've got a fresh word or not, something would have to give. There would be signs going, okay, you're doing this in the flesh, not not empowered by the spirit of God. Um, But 
I, a scripture when I, the very first message I spoke when I took over Youth Alive in 1996 in Australia, I, it's so bizarre, but I talked about uh, Caleb, who was 85 at that time, and he said, um, I'm as young, he said to Joshua, Joshua wanted him to retire. And he's like, you know, cash in your 401k, go golf your way to heaven. This is going to, you've done a great job. You came out of Egypt. We're the only two that did. We lasted in the wilderness for 40 years. We took the promised land now. Let's just chill. And he said, uh, like, no. I, Moses promised me Hebron and I'm as strong, that word young, he said I'm as young, meaning I'm as strong in the spirit, in my passion, in my zeal, oh. in my purpose now as I was then. Now give me this mountain that's my inheritance. And I had all these young people at Youth Life thinking, what is she even talking about? Like what do they care about in 85? I said, my it, my effectiveness as a, a, a youth communicator is not how good my sermons are to you now or how much I make you laugh or inspire you. I said, but if I'm still going, at 85, you'll know this thing's real. You, how you will really know this is real is not how great a youth speaker I am as I travel around Australia and do my thing. Um, but if I'm still going in my second half of life, you'll know this is real because you can't manufacture this. And I happen to believe back then, and I still do now, um, that actually if you have been walking closely with Jesus and you're doing the will of God, so not pursuing, you know, Paul talks about do nothing out of selfish ambition. He doesn't say don't have godly ambition because three times Paul says he talks about godly ambition. So there is godly ambition for the sake of the gospel. I want to preach the gospel where it hasn't been preached. I want more people to know Jesus. So if you can keep godly ambition, that's awesome. Selfish ambition will wear you out. So if it's about accolades, if it's about accomplishments, if it's about titles, you will not last because those things, whether they have a God label on them or not, will never sustain you. But if it's gospel work truly empowered by the Spirit, um, you'll get knocked around. No, absolutely. There'll be disappointments. There'll be discouragement. There are trials. You'll make mistakes like I have. You, you know, All the stuff. But Jesus fuels you. And so I truly believe how, Louis, explain to me how you could walk with Jesus and be less fruitful or less effective. I mean, if the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in us, wow. yeah. then I don't understand um, a decline in terms of fruitfulness. I'm not talking about measuring success like the world would measure, but I'm talking about fruitfulness, including the fruit of the Spirit, which is greater love, greater joy, greater peace, greater self-control, greater long-suffering, greater patience, greater goodness. All that should be flowing in out of my life at a increased capacity because I've known Jesus longer and the hopefully the work of sanctification is happening in my life more. How could I go less? It would, and, and I'm closer to the finish line than I am to the starting line. So for me, every day does matter. And I'm like, what am I going to do? Yes, uh, I love um, having, I rest well, um, you know, Nick and I love to rest. Um, I love to live the fullness of life. I have friends. Um, but we are, this is why marrying the right person matters as well. Cause Nick and I married for purpose before we married for interests. I, I mean, all those are important, mm. you know, there's a lot of other things, but what, brought us together and what has kept us together has been the purpose and the mission of God. Um, all the rest was secondary. So then if other things come to the fore, as they do inevitably in 26 years of marriage, they were always subordinated to the purpose and the mission of God. So you're both on the same page. You, 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 so as we go forward together, 
one of us is not pulling the other in an opposite direction. In fact, we kind of could see Jesus a bit more clearer now. Now, hopefully, I'm, you know, should the Lord tarry, I'm still a few decades away from the finish line, but I'm closer than I ever was. So he's getting brighter. The finish line's getting brighter. So I'm ramping up. I don't know. Like, you know, do you slow down as you run towards Jesus? I'm like, uh, no, I'm I'm running harder and faster by his grace. Now, of course, there's natural limitations. I'm not, you know, I'm 55. I'm not 25. Um, but because I think we think about what we're doing. See, not only do you need to think about what you're thinking about, then you need to think about what you're doing. I don't think we are aimlessly busy. If we were aimlessly busy, uh, I'd be exhausted and I probably would have given up. But I'm purposefully fruitful. That fuels me more. Wow. I was going to ask you to try to help someone who's listening right now going, I want to be purposely fruitful not aimlessly busy. How do I make sure that I'm not being aimlessly busy and I am being purposely fruitful? So just recap that simple encouragement for them. Yeah. And I think for any person, I have spent my life, you know, I'm a local church girl, um, Louise. So I I found even when I started, um, collaboration, alignment has just been really helpful for me. I've never felt like I've had to carry anything all on my own. I kind of get on board with what God's already doing. And so when I was young, when I was young and starting, well, I, I just started serving my youth ministry. I mean, I didn't have any great plan. You know, people like, oh, did you know what you'd be doing? I didn't know the things that I'm doing today. I didn't know existed when I'm in my 20s. So I think more power to you if you're 21 and you've got a perfect plan. Because I'm thinking the the thing that God actually wants you to do, you probably don't even know it exists yet. So so um, you exhaust yourself trying to do everything you want to do. So what I could see where God was already moving in the youth ministry that I was a part of. So it was like, well, okay, this is not rocket science. Get on board. Uh, drive kids to youth. Put out chairs. I mean, literally, this is. I know this is very basic, and I can honestly say, um, in my life, most of what I've most of what I've done is that I have just gotten on board with what God's already doing, and so I'm in the slipstream. So even this. So God gave this vision for passion to you and Shelley. So let's just use a, a very simple example of what we're going to. I don't need to invent this. <laughs> I'm like, God's doing this. Um, I'm getting behind this and I'm going to be part of what he's already doing. So that gives me more fuel. I don't have to be front and center and pretty much anything that I've done. If you really weed it all out, you go, oh, Chris has always been part of something bigger than herself. And the thing that I'm a part of has always been bigger than me. So that actually takes all the stress off me. I, I don't have to do it all. So I get to enjoy it as I'm doing it. I just play my part. Um, and I, I always say, you know, I'll follow you as you follow Christ. So you can take all the hits. That's awesome. And um, I'll get in the slipstream of that. So I'd say to a young person, don't waste a whole lot of energy trying to invent something great that you want to do so for God. Good. Get on board something God's already doing. And then in that, the Lord will open doors and give you direction within it. And can I also say, I just think there's a lot to be said about collaboration. There's a lot to be said about getting in the slipstream. It's actually, I truly believe that there's a lot of protection that comes with that. Uh, There is a real enemy. He does want to take us out. And I find that if you're kind of behind something, 
it's got to get through a few ba- you know layers before it gets to you and you last longer and i'm i'm still here it's it's worked really well for me whether it's you know how nick and i operate and how how we do it i'm like awesome nick <laughs> you can take the frontline hits i'm really happy for that um and i'll follow you as you follow christ this works for me and so i i think that's a great way to start in life Man, if you're in your 20s right now, Christine Kane is absolutely giving you a gift from God. And two things that she's saying that I believe are absolutely true because I am in the same stage of life. I'm looking back, thinking about what you're talking about, Christine, thinking about my 20s and all the things that happened and a lot of great things happened in my 20s. But I had no clue in my 20s about what I'm doing right now. Like zero, none, no concept, no no framework. No, no way of understanding that this was even a path, much less how to get on the path. And so that's number one that, that Chris is encouraging you today. If you're in your 20s, it's most likely, there, it could be a rare exception, that you don't even know and have not even conceived of what your main lane in your life is going to be. And so instead of asking Christine, how can I find my lane? Just hear Christine say, you're not going to know your lane probably in your 20s. And so don't be depressed by that. Take Christine's advice and get in a lane where God is already working. And be happy to join in where you see God working. A, you don't have to take the hits. B, you don't have to sleep on the pillow called responsibility. C, (laughs) it gives you room and ground to maneuver and discover your unique gifts, your abilities, how you fit into the greater story of what God's doing without you having the pressure of leadership and the weight of responsibility and a staff to feed and uh, other important things. And so get in the lane of what God is doing. And I, I feel like Chris is tweaking that and saying, this generation has been told, find your story, yeah. you know, find your adventure. And I think God is saying, there's already a story and it is an adventure. So get in it where you see it working around you, serve that story, lean into that story. And as you do, trust me, God is going to open a door, it's going to lead to another one, and another one, and another one, and another one, and one of them's going to open, and you're going to go, no way, I didn't even know this existed, and you're going to be ready, you're going to be prepared, you're going to be the person God needs you to be, and you're going to step into uh, a life and a calling that you don't even know is there right now. Uh, Christine's book, I don't want to uh, miss that today, Chris, it's called How Did I Get Here?, And if people haven't seen it, it's been out for a few months now. Amazing, encouraging. It's called Finding Your Way Back to God When Everything is Pulling You Away. And uh, back to that whole thing, remember Lot's wife. So um, if you don't know about the book, check it out anywhere books are sold. Christine, last question. I've been asking people on our Season 1.5 podcast, uh, Back to the Bends, and I think you've answered this already, but what's one thing you want a student to know, especially a student who's never been to Passion? So they're coming with a friend, somebody invited them, they said, okay, I'll check this thing out. What's one thing they need to know before they walk in the door? Well, okay, God is bigger and better than you can even imagine. That's it. I'm just like, it, 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 like I, I, he is bigger 
and better and more loving and kind and gracious than you can even imagine. And so, I, I mean, don't get me talking again, but but there is, I am believing uh, we wouldn't even all be doing this if we didn't know in some way, whether it's going to be through a, a song that someone sings or a an item someone does or one of the messages yeah. or an interaction in the hallway. I'm believing that every single one of the students that gather is going to go away going, God sees me, God knows me, God cares, and there's a plan. I mean, that would be amazing. Amen. I believe it. Christine Kane, everybody. Thanks so much, Chris, for being on. We love you and Nick. And just a few days, we're going to see uh, faith's going to become sight. And I'm so excited to be a part of it. Thank you for leaning in. Thanks for being on the Passion and Purpose podcast today. Thanks for having me, Louie. It's my honor. Amazing to think, isn't it, that in your 20s, even in your late 20s, you still have no idea what God has prepared for you in your life. I loved those words today. They were so empowering and so inspiring. And I I think I'm going to be thinking about that phrase for a long, long time and how to encourage people to engage where they are, knowing that they have no way of fully conceiving of what God's going to do in their lives. What an incredible conversation. I love Christine's heart. I loved her heart for passion. Um, I didn't even have to ask her, tell people why they need to be in Mercedes-Benz Stadium for Passion 2022. You can feel that it is legit when she says this is a special moment in our lives every single year. I say amen to that. And we're just a few days away from gathering in Atlanta for Passion 2022. And there's a way. If there's a God, there's a way. If you want to be in the bins in this gathering, there's still a way. Where there is a will and where there is a great God, there is a way. So I'm inviting you, come be a part of it. Come join us as we lift up the name of Jesus. But wherever you are today, just remember, engage where God is working around you right now. Invest, link up, pour in, and be steadfast. And watch how God opens doors before you into dreams that you've never even imagined. Thanks so much for being on this edition of the Passion and Purpose podcast with us. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Until then, live out that great purpose that God has put in you to glorify God with whatever ways He's gifted you in this moment. We'll see you next time on the Passion and Purpose podcast. Thank you.